by doing it yourself. Like you're getting in a room and saying, hey, here's how we've done it. And here's some of the challenges we've had. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training, and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus, it's a great place to network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all our podcast episodes, and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with our podcast. Right Club Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. My name is Sarah Larby, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Alfonso Salemi. How are you doing, buddy? Very good, very good, Sarah. I, uh, I'm super excited for today's podcast with Harry James. Over 40 years of experience in real estate, doing different things, buildings, commercial stuff, uh, single-family homes, all different types, a plethora, a plethora of experience. If you don't have at least two pages of notes after this podcast, you know, you might want to rewind and listen to it again. And uh, really, really great inspiration, really great knowledge. I'm really looking forward to today's podcast. Me too. I, uh, I think Harry is probably one of the smartest real estate investors that I've had the pleasure of speaking with. And I'm actually continuing myself uh, some communication with him just because I, I just, I learn so much every time I talk to him. Super awesome. Um, guys, if you uh, haven't heard of Harry James, please uh, listen to this. You are going to get so much and, and feel free to reach out to him as well. You'll have some uh, ways to do that. Guys, and I also want to say we are now online. We are live at therightclub.com, whole new platform. You have to check it out. It's going to be amazing. And please rate and review our podcast if you enjoy this. Absolutely. I say let's get to the podcast. Let's do it. I'm super excited. I have Alfonso with me, and I also have the one and only Harry James. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm doing great, Sarah. Thank you so much. As we just chatted a moment ago, it's awesome to be at the, at the lake. And uh, when you're out on the boat and uh, the sun is shining and you're, uh, you're reflecting on the stuff that matters most, uh, life is, uh, gets a lot brighter through those glasses than some of the stuff that's been going on in the media, that's for sure. Absolutely. So for those of you that may not have met you or heard you speak prior, whether it was one of our webinars or my podcast. Can you tell us a little bit of uh, maybe how long you've been in real estate for and roughly what your portfolio looks like? Sure. Uh, so I did my first real estate deal when I was uh, 22 years old. I bought a, a condo in uh, Scarborough, Lebovic for $1,000 down. And that was the beginning of my, my real estate journey. I tried to back out because I was scared to death because it took 98.3% of my income to carry the thing. Got trapped in it and uh, decided to rent it out because I couldn't sell it because I would have got hammered. So my wife and I went into a little $300 a month basement apartment in Scarborough and rented the condo for, I think it was about $1,500 or $1,200 a month. And then while I was in that basement apartment, I bought a townhome in Unionville with a nine-month closing date. And I don't know why I did that. I had no money, but I guess I just figured what was the worst that's going to happen. But the funniest thing happened when I bought that townhouse, the market took off. And all my friends thought I was a real estate genius and I was just purely lucky. But I had two pieces of real estate in my name that I couldn't afford. And the market went and started to go crazy. But that really turned on the light for me about the potential and the opportunity in real estate. And that was that somebody else would rent something from you and not buy it on their own. That, that was fascinating to me. And then that you could actually get involved in putting assets in your name with very little money that would go up in value. So that was the beginning of my journey. And over the years, my career was in finance, banking, financial planning, and so on. But I always built, I made my living from that. I made my wife and I decided to make our wealth through accumulating and doing real estate deals. And we didn't really know what we were doing. But I know I'm answering your question in a very long-winded way, but here's the, the key point. I, the philosophy for me with real estate was not commercial or duplexes or this or that. I think I probably tripped on being a value investor. 
In other words, if I found something for a dollar, I knew it was worth a dollar, but because of circumstances or market or interest rates or whatever, I could buy it for 50 cents, then I would buy it and I would figure out how to pay for it later. So if that meant, you know, having to somehow have a long closing date and put together the money or bring in partners or get creative financing, whatever it may be. But I just knew that if I was buying something for a significant discount, there wasn't a huge downside. Even if I couldn't hang on to it, if I had to bail, I was probably going to make some money. So I think over time, I just developed this philosophy of becoming a value investor. And the other thing that happened is I did a, a deal in my 20s that scared me to death because it was all new and it was a commercial deal because I, I, I had an office. And, I, and I, I always tell this to anybody that will listen to me. If you're running a business, buy the building that you're running your business from. Always. Even if you overpay for it, my goodness, buy it. The time's going to go by 10, 15, 20 years. And if nothing else, you're going to get all your rent back, even if it doesn't go up in value. But most importantly, if you don't own that building that you're running your business out of, and the person that owns it decides to sell it, your whole business can be displaced. And I have that going on with a client of mine right now. He has a very established, successful restaurant, and the building is being shut down. And basically, he, he's taken his 30-year journey, and it's going to go up in a puff of smoke because he doesn't own, own the building. So I've answered your question a very long-winded way, but basically I look for value. And uh, when I find value, whether it's commercial, residential, development, and I've found that I've kind of expanded. You know, you get scared and you do something and, and you think, holy cow. But then you look back five years later and say, it wasn't that big a deal. It's kind of, we're always kind of growing that way. And I'm still hopefully at this stage of my life, still growing and expanding and looking at different things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're such a charismatic, you know, person as well too that you, you can tell that there's definitely a level of passion to what you do and, and you actually enjoy doing what you do as well too and I think that's so important for people to remember whether you you, you get into real estate just as a hobby to like you said to create to create that wealth on the side or if it's something that you want to leave your full-time job that was something for me that I was so excited when I was able to leave my full-time work to do real estate full-time and I think a lot of the things that you're seeing the value investing and bringing value Right. So you see you when you look at a property, you see something that most people don't where maybe some people will turn it down and say, no, that's too expensive or no, that's not going to work. You're bringing that. So maybe give some examples of some projects where maybe some people walked away from it and you walked in with, with your group or your partnership and said, hey, I, I can bring some more value to this and increase and provide some value to the people that are living in the building, your partners, you know, that seeing things that you you see that others don't. Sure. Uh, I, I think probably the best example I could give you, and, and it's a project that scared me to death. I set up a shingle on Main Street Markham in 1993. I bought a, a financial franchise called Ross Dixon, and uh, I, I was running my business out of there. It was 800 square feet, and uh, my lease was coming up, and, I, want, and I, I was taking my own advice of buying the building. So I, I went up and down Main Street. I probably put offers in on six or seven different properties. I didn't have any money, so I was looking for vendor takebacks or lease with an option to buy. Like I was, again, I was groping around the dark. I, I can't even have a clue what I was doing, but I just knew that you know, one way or another I could figure it out. And there was a building that was for sale. It was very, very scary, imposing. It's called the Old Town Hall, 96 Main Street in Markham. It was listed for $899.9. It was 10,000 square feet. It had a restaurant in the bottom that was still operating, but the rest of the building was pretty dilapidated. I wouldn't say dilapidated, but rundown. There was no main floor entrance. The getting into the building was quite cumbersome. And uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I thought, well, you know what? I'll take a run at this baby for half a million bucks. And, uh, and I put an offer in and I won't bore you with the details, but you know, a year later, somehow it was a power of sale. Somebody spent two and a half million dollars renovating it in the, in the eighties. They walked away. Uh, Laurentian bank owned it. And, uh, so it was a file sitting on some dude's desk. You know, he's got 700 files. He's working nine to five. What does he care about the old town hall? So I thought maybe that's the circumstances that are going to you know, go in my favor. It's not an emotional sale. The guy probably wants to get rid of a file and shut it down. They're writing off a bunch of money anyway. So believe it or not, I, I got it for half a million bucks. When I signed the offer, I had no money. I, I literally did not have the down payment. I had three kids at home at that time. I just started a brand new business from scratch. I was operating on my line of credit. I needed a certain amount of money to live. And you might say, well, why did you do that? And here's the key, the key point. I had to spend at that time $3,500 a month in rent anyway. So I would rather rent the money, then rent the property. Because if I rent the money, 
I get to stay. If I rent the money, I can maybe cut it up and rent it out to other people. If I rent the money, eventually I'm going to get the money back when I sell the old town hall. So I had to break it down in bite-sized pieces because I was scared because each floor was 3,300 square feet. I needed 800. So what I did, and I remember my manager at the time saying, Harry, you're nuts. But we went into the main floor and I said, just, let's just make a little place for us to run our business here and forget about the other two floors. Let's not pretend we don't even own them. That's how I kind of broke it down in bite-sized pieces because even at that time, I was told by a heating and air conditioning guy that each uh, unit on the, on the top needed to be replaced and they were $20,000 each. Like, if I even started to think about that, I would, I would you know, been sweating bullets. So we just used duct tape and Band-Aids and with zero pride, begged somebody to somehow keep it going for another couple of years before I had to replace it. Anyways, that's the story of the old town hall. And here we are, what is it, 25 years, 28 years later. Uh, it's probably one of the gems in our portfolio. Arguably, it's a seven or $8 million building. It's 10,000 square feet. We've renovated it. One of the things that we did to make it commercially viable is we put in a ground floor entrance with an elevator. Cost is 120 grand at the time. Probably added a million dollars of value to the building. And, uh, and, and again, great people around me just asking lots of questions. I got zero ego. I've got zero pride. When I'm negotiating, my pride is gone. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything I can ethically to try to bring something together. So I brought in architects and lawyers and private financing. And as a matter of fact, the Lawrence Bank took a, a big uh, take back at the time. So long story short, actually, probably too late for that. It became a beautiful deal and, uh, and probably one of the, the best deals that I ever did in my, in my real estate journey. But what it did do, and this is what I really wanted your, your viewers to listen to. I was scared. I thought that deal was beyond me. I thought that was for shooters and big shots and developers. I thought that was for people with money. I thought that was for people with, with big fancy degrees and fancy cars. No, that opportunity was there for Harry James the same way it is for, for anybody. And that's what I love about the real estate journey is, you know what, if you've got a philosophy and you've got the intestinal fortitude and you can recognize that time and perseverance will be your friend, you can make it happen. And uh, so break through those fears because at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is you have to sell or you have to bail or you have to bring in partners. It's, it's just a game. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's gonna cost and what renos are gonna be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Or you can send them an email, joel 
J-O-E-L at whiteelmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Good luck on your next projects. Now back to the show. Absolutely. I mean, right now I'm hearing a lot of people being scared, right? With the unknown, this will happen again, whether it's, you know, in three years from now, in five years from now, there'll be something else. How do you, because there's a probably, you know, in your 30 years, there's probably a lot of ups and downs and, and market shifts that you've experienced. How yeah. have you taken that as an opportunity or not been super scared and sold everything? Like, how did you maneuver through all of those ups and downs? Because they'll keep coming. Yeah, well, as Alfonso mentioned a moment ago, I, I thankfully for me, I am a very positive person and, and, and I do get passionate. And probably one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping people enjoy the journey putting things in perspective, recognizing that money, uh, everything I own uh, is, is temporary, but the relationships and life and health and vitality and, and all the things that matter the most. All, like you mentioned, I think, Sarah, uh, one of our most recent podcasts, you're driven by real estate for what it gives you, the lifestyle, yeah. friends, relationships, connecting, and making a positive contribution. And that's exactly what drives me is, is, is lifestyle. When I'm doing a real estate deal, how you break through the fear and how it encourage your, 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 your listeners to break through the fear is this. One death per lifetime per individual. Live your life with a deathbed mentality. And that's not being negative. It's recognizing that time is your most important asset. So it helps you quickly put things in perspective. I'll often say to people, look, if you're not in an ambulance on the way to the hospital, it's not a problem. Anything that's solvable is not a serious problem. It's just life. Every day we get up, good things happen, bad things happen. Good day, bad day. Good deal, bad deal. That's called being in the game. That's life. And if you'll accept that and know that's always going to be part of the journey, then you can play to win. But if you focus on the most important things, which is your health, your vitality, your relationships, and your perspective, it lowers the fear and lowers the anxiety because you're saying, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like we, I went out on Wednesday, Sarah, looking at uh, four real estate deals with my partners. Beautiful day, driving along. I felt just incredible. Like the whole virus COVID thing was a thing of the past. And I'm looking at deals and I'm thinking about the future. And, and one of the things that occurred to me while I was doing this drive on Wednesday is, you know what? Human nature doesn't change. It just doesn't change. So all these people pontificating that commercial real estate is going to collapse because everybody's going to run out of their home. Nonsense. People need to connect. They need energy. You can't build a company in a vacuum or through computer screens. You have to be connected. Energy is real. The vision, that, that kind of, the relationships that come out, the things that happen, nonverbal communication all happens when we're together. People love to nest. People are going to keep buying homes. Why? They love roots. They're not often sitting back saying, well, is the market going up? Is the market going down? They want roots. They want a wallpaper. They want to put a little gazebo in their backyard. They want a nest. People want to hang shingles. I was 14 years old when I knew I wanted to be in my own business. I didn't say, hey, how's the economy? I wonder if there's going to be a pandemic. I just knew I wanted to hang a shingle. And what does that mean? Eventually, I'm going to have to rent or buy a property to hang that shingle and to build that business. In other words, human nature, the fundamentals don't change. And the other thing about human beings that's critically important is this. We all are blessed with a discontentment gene. That's why we don't live in grass huts and why we don't have to chase around our food with fear. We're always trying to improve our lot in life. And that includes now. We're always looking for ways to improve health, vitality, the future. That's why we not only survive, we adapt, and we thrive. So I'm making my real estate decisions now based on 10 years, not on 10 minutes, not on what Ford says about the virus tomorrow not on all the fear and pandemonium and all the people being paralyzed with, you know, this world coming to an end mentality. I am confident that we will get through this. And when we get through this, the same spirit that drives human beings, the same fundamental principles that we all adhere to that have nothing to do with economies or pandemics, they're going to rise to the surface and life will continue to develop as it always has. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, the, the energy, like even when all those listeners that have been to a Right Club event or maybe they attended the event where, where you were our keynote speaker and that energy in the room that people get off of each other, whether it's coworkers in a business, whether it's leaders, whether it's walking in and, you know, around your friends, it's we get this 
this like kind of unseen energy from other people and, and sharing in successes, um, you know, sharing in experiences with each other. And, and I do agree, you know, once once things are safer again or whatever it is, this this too shall pass. Uh, just like everything else that that happens in this world, and there was something that you said actually at our live event that I've repeated, and your ears must have been ringing constantly since uh, since that event. But you were talking about the the street light analogy, so I want you to share that street light analogy where you know you said everybody's waiting for all the green, all the lights to be green ahead of them, right? And and I looked at that and I said, no, you don't, you know, you said. I'll let you say what you said because you said it so great. I want for all those people that weren't there to hear this because this is a great, great analogy. Thanks, Alfonso. I think it applies to pretty well every area of our lives. When, when a, a lot of people, when they're making decisions in any area of their lives, they'll, they'll approach it this way. It's, it's, the analogy is simply that you are at a, at a, at a, at a stoplight and it turns green and you don't go. It turns red again, then it turns green again, and again, you don't push the gas pedal, you don't go. The guy behind you in the car comes up, knocks on your window, says, Alfonso, like, dude, what, what are you doing? The light was green, you gotta go. And you say to the guy, no, 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 I'm waiting for the lights all the way up the street to turn green before I go. I'm not going anywhere until I know for sure that I don't have to stop. I'm not going anywhere until I know for sure that I'm gonna get my maximum, optimum uh, efficiency out of this drive. Now, that sounds like a crazy analogy, but that's often how people make decisions in their lives. Relationships, real estate, markets. They're looking for guarantees. They want, they want their cake and eat it too. They want to win without taking the risk. They want the higher rate of return without taking the risk. This sounds horrible, and, it, and it, maybe I'll be beat up for it, and I don't mean to, but anybody that sold their soul for a job that they didn't like that's in government right now, are probably for the first time in their lives really happy they have that job because they're one of the few people working in a paycheck, okay? But they had to wait 30 years to feel good about that job. I would rather get beat up, get scarred, you know, be stressed, and be doing something I truly believe in or something I'm trying to make a difference in than to go for the guarantee and just settle. And the reason for that is I know I'm going to die and I don't want to be buried with that epitaph that says here, here lies Harry James, all of his potential still fully intact. I don't want that. You know, he didn't experience things. He didn't go for it. He didn't, you know, again, I take my cues from our elders. And I said this when I had the privilege of speaking at your, at your event, our elders are saying to us, if we will listen, take more risks, go for it. Life is short. You're going to regret the things you didn't do, not the things you did do. Don't wait for the lights all the way up the street to turn green. Push the gas pedal, experience it, because even if you fail, you're gonna learn something you're gonna take into the next chapter that's gonna allow you to bring your life to the next level in, in, in all areas. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We wanna take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we get very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in, in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. 
And now back to the show. That's that's a great analogy. Absolutely love it. I mean, it's just like with the burr strategy, a lot of people are waiting for that perfect burr where they're pulling out all of their rental money, all their down payment. I mean, that's like, you know, a one-off right here and there. A lot of the time you're just pulling back out and res- refinancing your, your reno and then a portion of your down payment. So if you look for that like hole in one or that like, you know, home run, <laughs> it's going to be far and few between how, like, you know, obviously you've done this for, for many years. Like it's obviously, you know, you've got a great mindset, but how did you talk yourself through some of those times where it was super stressful? I mean, I know you said you're, you're positive, but were there certain things that you did? Were there certain people that you've reached out to? Were, were there mentors that you had? You know, cause I, I'm sure now, now your, your risk tolerance is probably a lot higher than many listeners that are on here listening, wondering, okay, what should I do with this downturn? I'm now on serve. I've lost my job. You know, how did you get through all of those in addition to your positive mindset? Yeah, well, I think, you know, and this will sound like I'm stroking your egos and and I'm not. I don't play customer golf and I don't say things I don't mean. You guys do a tremendous job leading by example and showing people how to do it by doing it yourself. Like you're getting in a room and saying, hey, here's how we've done it. And here's some of the challenges we've had. Here's some of our failures and our mistakes. And here's some of our successes. And you're opening a door. You're building a bridge for other people to follow along. Now, why will 98% of people not cross that bridge? Is because they don't feel worthy of the success. It's almost like the way I felt about the old town hall. That's for somebody else, not for Harry James. I'm not worthy. People won't cross that bridge because they think, well, I'll be the one guy that does the deal and it's going to blow up and fail and I'll be the only loser in this path or I'll be the one lady that does this deal and somehow somebody will be raising chinchillas in the basement and the, the place will have to be torn down and be condemned. Like we, we constantly put our fears and by, 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 by you folks leading, you're, you're giving them a bridge to get over those fears, but they still have to take the step. They still have to write the check. They still have to put in the offer. And fear for most people is going to hold them back. How I um, broke through that fear is exactly by, by listening to people like yourself back in the day. Um, back, you know, I'm going to show you how old I am. I just, you know, just had a birthday recently. I just turned 59. But there was a guy on TV in the 70s, Tom Vu, that used to talk about real estate and, you know, you know, how he could, real estate was the great this and great that. And then there was somebody else that was, again, another real estate guy that used to do um, uh, workshops. And while their methodology might have not been great, or maybe they were even just a bunch of scammers trying to get people into their seminars, the reality is that that made me think, maybe think bigger, maybe think maybe that was for me. And then, of course, like, like many of your listeners, uh, the most important investment you make is the person in the mirror. So I've always been a, a reader. Uh, the Millionaire Mindset, Think and Grow Rich, uh, The Meaning of Life, uh, The Monk Has Sold His Ferrari, you name it. I, I, I read and reread hundreds of books. Why? To stretch my thinking, to, to break off that barrier, to face my fears, um, because that's the preparation that's necessary in order to fulfill whatever goals your listeners have. In other words, if they don't do the preparatory work for the person in the mirror, what you guys are talking about is just noise. And I don't say that with any disrespect, but it's true. If they're not prepared mentally, if they don't know why they're trying to do, for example, Sarah, you know you're doing it because you want lifestyle. You want to uh, enjoy some things in life for you and your family that are important to you so you can experience things. Well, if, if your listeners haven't come up with that why, they're not going to have the fuel to overcome their fear. You see, the, 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 uh, the problem needs to be bigger than a solution. So in other words, the problem, if somebody is discontent with their life and real estate becomes the way of remedying that, then that problem needs to be magnified so they will break through the fear and make the decisions as uncomfortable as they may be to make real estate part of the solution for their unhappy uh, financial journey. So I think it's really important that you invest in the person in the mirror and, you, and, and the thing again that you guys do incredibly well is you've got to rub shoulders with like-minded people. How, how, I'll ask you both right now, how difficult would it be for you to find some negative people right now? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, oh my uh, gosh. Everywhere, unfortunately. What's it called? A picosecond? Like negative, negativity is just now. So rubbing shoulders with like-minded people. And I love being the small fish in the big pond. 
I get so excited when I see people's success. Like I love it. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any envy at all. It just fuels me, inspires me. So if you guys told me you had a billion dollars worth of real estate, all I want to know is how you did it. What was your favorite deal? What was your biggest mistake? Cause that inspires me. And, and the more you dig, the more you are truly interested in human development and your own personal growth, the, the amount of information that people that truly want to help you. I mean, my goodness, they're just, they're everywhere. But if you, you want to be with the, Hey, I hate my life, you know, wake up Monday, exist till Friday, just, you know, have some fun two days a week and then believe that your lot in life is all you've got and the best is behind and the worst is ahead. And you just want to roll over and kind of decline and die. That's unfortunate, but that's not the kind of people that I, I want to choose to, to be around. Yeah. And, and that's why we're so lucky to have, you know, amazing people in our community and our network, such as yourself, Harry, that, that have done it. And, you know, it's close to 40 years that you have been doing it in within even your own you know, real estate life, within your own personal life, inspiring others, being inspired by others, right? And, and having that energy around there. And, and I feel the same way. And I, and I know I speak with Sarah that when we see people in our community that they just came to their first event, you know, a year ago or two years ago, or just got into real estate. And now they got their first deal and they're excited to do that next. We're always, we're always there to say, Hey, the, the problems, the issues, they're always going to come. And I love how you said that is building yourself strong enough to overcome those obstacles. And there's something that I always live by. Like you only fail once you quit. If you never quit, you never fail. You have to keep going and learning from all those things that you're doing. So maybe, for that investor, you know, he or she that, that's, that's listening to this podcast, they're on the trail. They, they've read a few books. They, they, they've, you know, drank the Kool-Aid per se and say, yeah, this is the way I am going to do it. I want to go get that first deal. You know, there's a lot of information out there. So maybe what's something, you know, tangible that that, that, that investor or that person can do like today that they can go out there and do today. And whether it's learn from somebody, whether it's, you know, um, you know, grab another book. I, I don't know. What's something that you would advise them? If I'm sitting in front of you at your office and saying, hey, I, I got started. I believe in this real estate. I read that book. I read that book. What, what can I do now? What can I, what can I do to put into play? Uh, that's a great question, Alfonso. I'll, I'll answer by saying this. I've had the privilege um, in some of the speaking I've done over the years and some of the businesses that I've built and some of the businesses that I've frankly failed at miserably. Um, I've learned a lot. And as a result of that, people have come to me and seeking advice. And I've, I've taken on a handful of, of coaching clients. And I hate the word coach because anybody with a pulse is a coach these days, but that's the only word I can come up with. It fascinates me. I think I've said this before. Somebody will hire a life coach, but they won't say to them, uh, so what have you done? Uh, what's your net worth? Uh, <laughs> they're just going to, hey, you're my life coach. Okay. But I think when I've had the opportunity to coach people, I've said, and, and they get mad at me, I'll say, you know, there's a very good chance that this is going to be a waste of your time and you're, you're not going to do what I ask you to do. And they get, well, what do you mean by that? I'll say, because I'm going to ask you to do some things that are really uncomfortable. And the, what really matters the most is from the moment you leave my office until you come back next week at this time. It's all the stuff you do from the moment you walk out of my office that is going to have an impact on whether you do or don't achieve either improving your financial life or your your balance or your, uh, your you know, all, all the things that are, are, are important to you. So, you know, in that, in that context, the, the most important thing I can tell your viewers is this, or your, your listeners is this, please take the time to be mentally prepared for success, whatever your definition of success is. If you do not get mentally prepared for success, if you don't feel worthy of the level of success that you are pursuing, you will sabotage it subconsciously on a regular basis. You will revert to the average. You revert to your comfort zone. Most people want to blend in with a wallpaper. So if you're looking to do something that's extraordinary, outside the norm, outside of what you've lived your life to this point, you've got to be prepared to be uncomfortable and do it the most when you feel like it the least. Once you're mentally prepared, then you have to get to the work of developing a philosophy, as I said earlier. You need to have a philosophy and a vision and a set of criteria. Buying real estate is easy. That's not investing. That's called a transaction. Anybody with a pulse can open the back of a real estate agent's car and buy a property. That's not investing. Investing is where do I want to go? What do I want my net worth to be? What do I want my future cash flow to be? And it's about developing a strategy and a plan that fits your personality. Maybe you love recreational properties. Maybe you love multi-residential. Maybe you like the idea of industrial. Maybe you've got an idea for flea markets. It doesn't matter what it is. The sky's the limit. But you need to take the time to figure it out is what do you want to do? What markets are exciting for you? What regions are exciting for you? 
you need to do the homework. Because once you do the homework, what you have is a set of criteria. The reason that a lot of people can't make decisions about Fonzo is they have no set of criteria. They don't have a frame of reference by which to make those decisions. When I went to look at four properties on Wednesday, I know my criteria. I could tell you in 15 seconds, the minute I pull up whether that property meets my criteria or not. It's a business. Real estate investing is a business. You know what I don't like about this market right now is there's no relief for landlords. So they think they're dealing with landlords like we're 300 years ago where we've got billions of dollars and we own all the land and we have no mortgages. Today, real estate's a business. There's something called cap rates. And you have to figure out what cap rate is, is if you're doing commercial, it works for you, what residential cash flow works for you, what you can borrow, what you can't borrow, and so on. But here's the key thing with real estate that I think is, and I've repeated this and I'll repeat it again and again, is perseverance and time. And the best analogy I can give your listeners, and I really, really want uh, them to, to, to look this up, because I'm pretty sure, I'm, well, I know it's true, I might get the facts a little wrong. The Chinese bamboo plant is an amazing plant. You plant the seed, Sarah, and you have to water it, and you have to fertilize it every year. Now, your field is just, imagine 100 acres of dirt. Next year you go out and you've been watering and fertilizing every day. And guess what? The next year you go out and it's still a hundred acres of dirt and you've been watering and you've been fertilizing and there's no reward for your efforts whatsoever that you can see. This goes on year three, year four, year five, year six, year seven, Sarah, you go out and it's a hundred acres of dirt. There is nothing there. You've been watering and fertilizing for seven years. And now all of a sudden, you see a little bud, and in six months, I believe it is, these bamboo shoots go up 80 feet in the air. 80 feet in the air. But you had to persevere and believe and stay true to your criteria and your convictions for seven years. I have a question for both of you. How many people would have given up? Many. Probably yeah, a majority. <laughs> I think I'm going to do corn. But you know, it's interesting because that is exactly real estate, right? I mean, people think that they're going to get rich quick or they want a solution that like next year they can quit their jobs and they're going to be millionaires. I mean, before I started feeling yeah, like I went exactly It's exactly my point. Yeah. There's a young guy. I was helping him with his first deal. And, we're going to, and he, he's calling me every week. Anything happen? Anything happen? I'm like, what do you expect to happen? You know, nothing happened. The furnace went off. I mean, there's this, there's this perception, I think, in the marketplace that yeah, real estate is, you know, is a great because, and it's true. Most many billionaires have made their money in real estate. That is true, but they didn't do it in 15 minutes or 15 weeks. So that perseverance, I think, I don't think there's any more important message for your audience. If you're looking for something quick, if you think you can cut corners. If you think you can compromise, if you think you can be unethical, if you think you can, you know, uh, do it quicker because there's 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 this cheap way to do real estate. Do yourself a big favor and find something else because it's just going to be misery. Real estate is hard. Real estate is tough. Investing in real estate's tougher than buying real estate because if you're going to be true to a set of criteria, to find that deal is not easy. And then once you do the deal, there's always surprises. There's always things that come up. But when you persevere, time becomes your best friend. And just like the Chinese bamboo plant, all of a sudden, you're an overnight success, aren't you, Sarah? After persevering <laughs> and fertilizing and watering and feeling like you're getting nowhere, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got some momentum that you can build upon. And, uh, and that's what makes real estate so exciting. But you've got to take it seriously like any other craft and any other business. And my fear with a lot of people in real estate is they're not taking it seriously enough. They're oversimplifying. It. And that's what's so great about your club. You're saying, hey, folks, this is a business. You got to do your homework. You need relationships. You need information. You need criteria. And you got to keep growing and investing yourself or you're going to go backwards. Whether you're 20 or 79, you've got to keep growing and investing yourself and coming up with better ways of doing your craft.
Absolutely. And when times get tough, this is not a time to say, oh, crap, I got to sell everything and get out of real estate because it's going to go down 20%. This is unfortunately where speculators are going to not do as well as, as investors that looked at the, the fundamentals and cash flow. But, you know, this is a time you're going to ride the wave and you're going to come out at some point and this is going to be over at some point. There'll be something else, that, you know, in three years or five years regardless. But, you know, there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of panic in the media. There's a lot of exaggeration, I think, as well with certain parts of it. But ultimately, you know, we, when you hold on, just like the stock market, when you hold on, you're not realizing a loss. But if you're going to sell at a bad time, you know, and you're going to sell out of desperation and, and being scared, this is unfortunately when, when you may lose more, unfortunately. Sarah, that, that goes back to the green light analogy. You, you, you just hit the nail on the head as to why people don't push the gas pedal. Well, what if the market eventually goes down 20%? Newsflash, it will. Yeah. Maybe 30%. It's the same as in real estate is cyclical, the same as anything else. But here's the nice thing about uh, the real estate business as well. When you are prepared, okay, and, and by the way, I've, I've made tons of mistakes and I'm sure I'm going to make many more. And I'm not, I am truly not professing to be some guru or expert. I'm not. This is just my personal journey. Take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But I'm out there today looking for opportunities. And I'm not an opportunist. I don't want to, I hate seeing somebody go bankrupt. I hate seeing uh, power sales. It's, it's not something that I, that I take any pleasure in, none whatsoever. But I am aware of human nature. And I'm out there looking for opportunities today because I know there's many people on the sidelines that maybe won't capitalize. Well, I'm going to capitalize if I find the right opportunity. Why am I going to do that? Because I'm making a 10-year decision, not a 10-minute decision. So my, my criteria will assume rough waters for the next 12 to 15 months. And then I will be rewarded for taking that risk, hopefully, at some point in the future. But I'm not going to do it haphazardly. But I'm certainly not going to sit on the sidelines, suck my personal fortitude to invest at the highest degree of pessimism. So Alfonso, are we at the highest degree of pessimism? I bet every single one of them are, you know, getting, getting tired of, of this. And, and, and now it's so easy to be negative, right? And like you just said, you, you've made plenty of mistakes in your career. We all have, right? And we're going to continue to make more. But if you're scared to make the mistake, you're going to be scared to be successful too. If you're scared to fail, you'll never succeed. And it's learning those experiences and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the whole thing, right? That you're not, you're never going to grow. Absolutely. People that are going to say, no, don't do this and don't do this. Yeah, sure. They're never going to be wrong, but they're never going to be right either. Because if you do nothing, you know, nothing is, nothing is, uh, what is it? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the other thing too, I want to really confess about is ambiguity and anxiety as an entrepreneur, they're my constant companions. I'm always scared. I'm always thinking, am I making the right decision? I'm always thinking, geez, have I got something wrong here? Like, I second guess myself. I question myself. I mean, I think anybody says they don't, or, or either their ego is so big that they're not self-aware or, or they're lying. I, I think, you know, there's, there's always, always um, uncertainties. There's always unknowns. There's, there's absolutely no guarantees, but I'll go back to my life philosophy. Well, so what? I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? If I come home and I screw up a deal, I think my wife is still going to love me. I should check on that now. <laughs> you know what? I, I, th that's, that's perfect, right? Because if you're, you're not scared to fail. So here, here's another take or another view on it. So maybe, you know, like, you know, at this almost 40 years, probably it's somewhere in your career, you're like, wow, I, this is, this is amazing. This is pretty good. I've, you know, I've achieved some certain level of success. I, I have a cottage now. I have some cool things that I thought I was going to get. How do you keep motivating yourself? How do you keep striving to say, you know, not resting on your laurels? Because, you know, now I got this and I got that and I got this many buildings and I have 10 properties here or this and I'm getting this much cash flow. How do you keep motivating yourself and keep striving to, to get better? Because some people, you know, I, I see themselves that they've reached a certain level and they kind of just plateau and say, well, oh, that's, that's more than I ever thought that I was going to achieve in my life. So and kind of regress after that? How do you keep pushing forward? And keep you know, Alfonso, that's a great question. And I'm going to try to answer it as honestly as I possibly can. First of all, I've never done that. I've never thought I've got this and I've got that. I, I, and I, I don't know if that's because of my philosophy. Um, first of all, uh, it's perspective, right? My, my summer home here, which I really like, is somebody else's guest house. You know, it's, it's all relative. Um, I remember a basketball interview, uh, being a player being interviewed, saying the guy saying, hey, you're really rich. He said, no, 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 
I'm wealthy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. The guy that owns a team, he's rich. Depending on what your measuring stick is in life for success, my measuring stick, uh, I, I keep net worth goals just kind of as, as, a, as a score sheet, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change. I, what I need to live, what's important to me and my family doesn't change based on my, my net worth. And Sarah will know this too, because our cottages are stone through. This cottage is 15 years old. I can't sit back. It needs about $300,000 of renovations. It needs a new deck. And you, I got to do some deals. Um, you know, real estate has a way of kind of breaking down. I need to be loved on a regular basis. I, I, but to answer your question, though, is I truly believe, and, I, and for your older uh, listeners, I just turned 59, as I think I mentioned. I've just read, uh, uh, read a book called Boulder. And it's how we frame getting older in our society and, and what the, the norms would be. You decline, you want to talk about depends and your best relationships and your best everything is behind you and you just kind of cling on and live through your life, uh, you know, cling on to your kids and, and hopefully somebody comes and visits you in the nursing home. Retirement is a lie. I mean, if you retire a tool, a piece of equipment, a computer, it means it's, no, it's gone beyond its usefulness. And as somebody that's going into this, the, the, what you call the final chapter of my life, I'm viewing it hopefully as being the most exciting chapter. You, the, the, the human body doesn't understand aging. It just understands what is needed or not. So you can be as healthy and vibrant in your 80s as you were uh, in your 50s uh, and 40s. Um, deals. I mean, I've seen people write their best. There's, a, there's an author out there. You'd have to look it up. He wrote his best award-winning material when he was 90. Somebody says, well, why'd you do it at 90? He said, I didn't have enough experience at 80 to get this workout the way it's out at 90. So again, it's perspective. So if, if you look at, there's nothing wrong with aging. It's decline that you want to avoid. So motivation for me is my best deals are ahead of me. My best opportunities are ahead. The richness of my relationships, I want to become, my goal is to be fitter at 60 than I am at, 50, than I am at 59. Um, I have new net worth goals. I'm looking for different opportunities in the marketplace the way they're going now. I want to have richer relationships, more meaningful relationships. So I've got all sorts of things that are important to me that I'm living now. But the key is this, and I said this to my son the other day, don't be so focused on the goals that, that you miss the present. I was very, very driven in my younger years and probably took myself a little too seriously. The difference now is I do have goals. I'm going to build my net worth. I can't wait to do another few deals, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the moment that I'm in. And what I love about what you guys are doing, and whether somebody's worth a billion or a buck, they're not any more important than anybody else. Net worth is not a reflection of character or worth. So I've never taken what maybe I've accomplished or my buildings or my net worth. It's just complete. It's just a scorecard. It means nothing. If I have the privilege through this podcast to help one or two people or inspire one or two people, that's incredibly gratifying to me. I've had people, Sarah, because of your podcast, call me or a couple of young guys came on a, a road trip with me. I had the time in my life. I learned a ton of stuff. Uh, your podcast, your, your events have, have enriched my life. And that, that means that Harry James is still growing and still developing new relationships. And I think that's what's important about life is to be less concerned about the age and stage you're at and more concerned about, again, looking at the person in the mirror and say, hey, for the time you have left, what you want to accomplish? How do you want to make the world a better place? How can you enhance somebody's life and make their journey better as a result of interacting with you? And that's one of the things that drives me at this stage in my life. I love that. That's amazing. So many, so many great insights. Like you're so, you know, you're so helpful. And I really believe that the audience today got a ton of valuable information um, and also the motivation to, to just keep going and, uh, you know, shut out a lot of that noise because there's a lot of noise around us. So, you know, I'm super inspired. Thank you. You know, I, I definitely think a lot of the audience member uh, members are going to take some great great takeaways from this. Um, so our final, I mean, we can keep talking forever. As you know, our final part of the podcast is our lightning round. So Alfonso and I will ask you a series of four questions. Every guest on our podcast gets the same one. And then you'll just give us the first answer that comes to mind. You ready? 
It's scary. Go ahead. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 M-T-G-T-E-A-M and check out their website butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com and let's go to the lightning round. (laughs) All right, question number one. Harry, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? You have to have staying power. I mentioned that in the last uh, podcast. In real estate, you need to make sure that you've got staying power. So whether that's an emergency line of credit and uh, investors, access to private funds. To your point a moment ago, uh, Sarah, when you're in a tough time, uh, liquidity means loss. The last thing you want to do when you're under pressure is sell. The only regret I have in my real estate journey is the stuff that I've sold. So always try to have staying power. Love that. Keep the dry powder. Keep some dry powder around somewhere. (laughs) All right. What uh, number question number two of the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Well, you know, funny enough, um, there's a little embarrassing to show how simple I am, but there's a there's a real estate magazine I've been buying for 20 years called Crew Canadian Real Estate. Is that right? Something like that. Yes. The Real Estate Wealth Magazine. Yeah, yeah. So I love personal stories. So I used to buy that and a magazine called Success. I don't know if they still do the Success one. I haven't bought one in a while. But I used to go to chapters and buy Crew and Success uh, once a month. And, uh, and I love reading the personal stories. And it's kind of what you guys do, which I love. I mean, there's nothing like testimonials. There's nothing like real life examples to inspire people, encourage people, which you guys do an amazing job at. And crew had these kind of profiles of people that started out or they hated your job and they got into real estate or they did this or did that. And so I, I found that quite inspiring in my journey. And of course, success is all about mindset um, and, and about being the best version of yourself. And, and personal development is something that's really important to me because I truly believe that uh, you make the world a better place when you invest in the personal mirror and try to become the best version of yourself. Absolutely. Have you ever written in that magazine, by the way, Harry? I have not. No, no. All right. I, I will reach out. I will uh, try to connect you guys. All right. Number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Oh, I think, uh, and again, this isn't Harry James's, but uh, attitude. Attitude is everything. Uh, I used to coach all my kids when I was younger. Attitude is just, uh, it, 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 I think there's a famous poem about, a poem about attitude, but attitude can change everything. Attitude is, it's just, it is everything. And the attitude that you bring into your marriage into your raising your kids into your business into a, a rough situation attitude makes all the difference in the world and i i would uh i would argue pretty strongly that's uh that's an incredibly important thing to to work on i love that i love that great 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 point because things in life are going to happen it's how how you view it and how you deal with it is, is really going to be the, the differentiator so all right last question of the lightning round it's sunday morning on a typical sunday morning you know not recording podcasts, but yeah. what are you what are you up to on a typical Sunday morning? Well, on a typical typical Sunday morning, um, back in Mark and my family and I would go to church. We go to a little community church, and uh, which uh, is is very important uh, on my journey. And then uh, we generally have a bunch of friends back and stay in the kitchen and uh, have a nice lunch together and just hang out and, and connect as family and friends. And uh, my wife and I are very fortunate. Uh, we've got uh, well, first of all, we have four children, uh, two two grandchildren, a third on the way. And, uh, and some very, very close friends um, that we've, uh, one of my friends goes back, a few of my friends go back to when I was 15, 16 years old. So we've got some people in our lives that, uh, that really fuel us. And, uh, and we have a, a real uh, continued uh, connection and we make the time. And again, there's something, again, unsolicited advice I know, but one of the big regrets of people in their 90s is not putting in the effort to maintain important relationships. You know how people say, well, they didn't call me, so I'm not calling them. Like, get over it. Life isn't about a scorecard or being right. But if you take the effort and make the effort to maintain uh, relationships that fuel you, relationships that fuel your soul and make you better and make you feel better about who you are, 
uh, that'll be that'll give you a much bigger return than any piece of real estate than, that you'll ever do. So uh, I think those relationships are, are are critical, and we're very we're very blessed to have a number of them. Absolutely, very great advice, Harry. Where can the Right Club Nation, our listeners, reach out if they wanted to speak to you or know more about you? Well, Sarah, you have brought me from two people on Instagram to 200. (laughs) (laughs) I'm becoming like, you know, uh, so uh, Instagram is Harry James Live Real. Harry, uh, hj at harryjamesgroup.com is where I can uh, be emailed, hj at harryjamesgroup.com. But I've had a number of your listeners uh, direct message me on Instagram, and that's always been fun. I've I've offered to... uh, Again, not as a guru or somebody that you know, you know, pretends to know everything, but I've, 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 I've really had a pleasure, and again, as a result of you folks and the amazing work you do, to speak into some people's lives that are starting out or are doing some different things. So um, uh, I, I encourage anybody that wants to you know, learn from my miserable failures uh, to, to reach out and be happy to share with them. One thing I, I said to uh, somebody, and, and I don't uh, – you know – Somebody approached me a number of years ago, and they came through the back door. And, and this is important. I don't mean to prolong this. You can edit this out if you want. But you know when you when you want to do business with somebody or you want to you have an agenda, don't come in the back door. Come in the front door. Like don't invite me to your house, Sarah, for dinner. And after two and a half hours, tell me that your dinner was cooked in Amway pots that you're trying to sell me. Don't 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 do that, because that's offensive. Um, so I had somebody approach me and, they, and, and every, every salesperson will tell you, hey, you want to win somebody over, ask them about themselves because everybody wants to talk about themselves. It's kind of like this, whatever. So somebody called me and asked me a bunch of questions for 20 minutes. And at the end of 20 minutes is, okay, you know, can I basically, can I sell you something? My advice to anybody that's listening right now, if you want to learn from somebody that's done it, pick up the phone and say, listen, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I would love to get 15 minutes of your time. I would love to learn from you because I want to do my first real estate deal. Can you, can, you, can you share with me a couple of points? If you're a young real estate agent listening to this podcast and you want to do business with developers or somebody that's done some development, pick up the phone and say, listen, I don't have anything to offer you right now except for incredible amount of energy. And I promise you I'll bend over backwards to give you value. Can I possibly earn the right to do a piece of business with you? If not now, at some point in the future. But I'll tell you, if you invest in me, I'll never let you down. So the experience that I lack now, I will make up an enthusiasm. Come in the front door. Don't try to sneak in the back door. Human beings are very, very smart, very perceptive. If you want to do business with somebody, if you want to network with somebody, be upfront about it. Be, be very candid about what you're trying to achieve because most people truly want to help other people, regardless of what their experience may be. Yeah, that's uh, amazing advice and a great, great podcast and interview that we've had with you today, Harry, full of amazing information. And, and I really approach that, you know, tell, tell people what you're about, what you can offer and what you want to learn and, and, and surround yourself with those amazing people. And, and uh, we're, we're lucky to have you in, in our, in our atmosphere in the right club nation, uh, you know, Really, really reach out to Harry, talk to him. And, uh, and I can't thank you enough, Harry, for, uh, for an amazing podcast today with Sarah and I. Uh, thank you very much and look forward to doing a whole lot more with you in the future. A yeah, real honor to be a part of this today. And again, I'm very, very thankful for, uh, for you guys reaching out because it's, uh, it really has been a, a, great, uh, a great enhancement of, of my journey. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry. Have an awesome day. Enjoy the sunshine. You too. Thanks. Right Club Nation, what an interview with Harry James. He was great. So much info. I love the tips. I love the analogies that he uses. I love the stories, the real life stories that, you know, from 30, 40 years ago that he was doing this and still actively doing it today. Guys, if you haven't been sold on the idea that real estate is the way to create wealth in that long term, I don't know. You guys are listening to this, so you might have some idea. So get off the fence, take the action, do what you need to do, reach out. If it's me, if it's Sarah, if it's somebody else in our Right Club community that you want to talk to to learn more about, have a question, get in touch with us. We want to help you. How about uh, Sarah? Well, I don't know. What's some of your feedback? What's some of the things that you liked on that interview? I just really enjoy how he is investing in so many different things, right? So whether it's residential, commercial, um, quarries, businesses, I mean, he, he's done it probably all 
And there's not a lot of investors that have that much experience and have that much experience in different types of investing. So I'm looking forward to speaking with him further because I, uh, you know, I look at him as a mentor and he's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and absolutely investors, you know, out there and right club nation out there that if you're early on in your real estate journey, don't be scared. Don't be, I know it's daunting. You know, you, you see different people in the community that have done so much and oh my God, that's so many. And they're only talking like that because they have so many properties Guys, we were all at the start line at one time, you know, when Sarah and I were first meeting, you know, I, I love their story. She was like Googling how to, you know, how to make money, how to retire early. Right. And, and the real estate thing. And for me, I was working full time in the sales position right? Uh, hey, if I can sell more, I make more, right? But how do you create that long-term wealth? And whatever strategy, whatever direction you want to go And Harry, you know, he does a few of them, right? So it, whatever that is for you, whatever that is, get that experience, get that knowledge, apply some of it, go and take the action, talk to the people and, and reach out and, and let us know how we can help. We want to be part of that growth journey. We want to just push your goals one inch further than you were ahead if we want to help you guys there. So get onto the Right Club community website, reach out to us, listen to more podcasts, share it with a friend. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sarah, thank you so much for, for being an amazing co-host. And again, this journey that we started a little over two years ago now on, you know, interviewing people and doing podcasts and, and getting out there. It's amazing. We want to hear from you guys. Rate, review us, listen to what you, tell us what you want to hear, what you want to listen more of. If there's somebody that's amazing that you're saying, hey, you guys, you need to listen to this guy. We're going to do our best to get them in your ears and in front of your eyeballs to, uh, to learn more about that. So absolutely um, right. Club nation until next time, come grow with us. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the right club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at the where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.